0: Hey, this is Lisa, and you can catch up with me on Twitter at iltm podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. Uh, you can find me at patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. Want to take a quick second to thank our top patrons, Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for what you do, and also got a new patron. Uh, Yesterday, uh, Philip Barker, thank you so much for joining the team. Uh, We're so excited to have you. And when you join our Patreon, you do get an extra bonus episode of my weekly roundup, like my thoughts on the week, such as right now I just finished binging Westworld, so I talk about that, but just, you know, stuff that's not necessarily movie related uh, that's happening in pop culture, so join us on there. It's super fun. Uh, That's all my plugs for right now. I have a new guest with us here today. I have Greg from the Super Civil Servants podcast. Say hi, Greg.
1: Hey, Lisa. How you doing?
0: Doing well. So, Greg, it feels like you've been on here before, but I guess that's because I've recorded with you so many times on your podcast. Um, So, you feel like a familiar face to me, but since in case somebody might not have heard you on here, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, you can find me on a lot of different places. And I wasn't like that about a year ago, but now it is. And uh, you can check me out on Super Civil Servants Podcast on Friday nights live on YouTube every uh, every Friday, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And then we drop the shows on Tuesday or on Mondays or Tuesdays, depending on how busy I am. On just any podcast catch you can get. And then we're also I'm also part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network where we do uh, five uh, shows a week Marvel, DC, uh, comics. Uh, star wars and animated series and you can find me on tuesdays and fridays on that on uh, dc ultimate alliance podcast and the uh, superhero discussions podcast so i'm all over the place
0: awesome by the time this comes out i think we'll have already had your show because we're recording tomorrow um the where you guys are covering indiana jones right
1: Yes, a lot of stuff tomorrow, actually. Indiana Jones, Stargirl, and um, Doom Patrol Season 2, what we've had so far. So, yeah, it's going to be a big show.
0: Ooh, exciting. So excited. And I'm I'm coming on there with y'all, so I can't wait to talk about that, too. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today uh, we were talking about a movie that you selected, because my guest always picks the movie. So what movie did you select to talk about today?
1: Well, I wanted to come on here and talk about something really big. So (laughs) I picked the movie Big. (laughs) <laughs> yes. It seemed like the perfect, perfect uh, choice for this movie. And when I contacted you about it, you said you loved it, which is great because I love it. Uh, so, love, you know, we, we can talk about it. And you know what's funny about this movie is I probably haven't seen this movie in 25 years. And you and I did a recording about a week and a half, two weeks ago on a Sunday morning for Flashpoint uh, mm-hmm. for, the, for the Geek Ultimate Alliance. And before we got on that recording that morning, me and my wife actually it was on TV. And me and my wife actually woke up early that morning and watched it in bed. Uh, just happened to flip by and see it there and we caught it right at the beginning and watched it all the way through and then I came and spoke with you not even 10-15 minutes after we got done watching the movie and I was like that's the one that's the one right there that I want to talk with Lisa about which there are plenty more I plan on being on here more if you'll have me but this was definitely a great way to start so
0: yes I'm so glad you chose this one so this movie came out in 1988 um and I am at the age where you know this movie had a Uh, no no way else to say this a big presence in my life (laughs) as a kid so uh it was an extremely popular film um growing up i i do wonder like if if you know zennials or whatever you call them now if they've even heard of this movie or seen it but it it was definitely a staple for me it's a perfect 80s film um and i just absolutely love it uh what about you like when did you first see this movie
1: to be truly honest with you, I was thinking about this. You asked me this question earlier. I couldn't tell you the first time I saw it. I don't think I saw it in theaters because I was born in 84, so I was only four years old when this movie came out. But I know I saw it a number of times when I was a kid. I absolutely fell in love with it. I can relate to it. I can look at the characters in this movie and feel what they're feeling and, and, and kind of get their mindset on what's going on. So growing up, I always thought it was such a cool concept, uh, the, the movie Big, and the idea of being able to be an adult. But in a or be, but still be a kid, which is what I wish I was now, which I kind of am now. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like but, we can uh, all but really I don't know, the first fir- geeks can. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, but the first time I saw it, I couldn't tell you. I just know that I saw it a number of times as a kid. And then it's probably, yeah, it's probably been about 25 years since I saw it. Uh, and then I just came on TV the other day, watched it, fell back in love with it again. And then I watched it again today. So 25 years without watching it, and then twice in two weeks.
0: Yeah. So. I think I'm probably the same story as you. I don't remember the exact age I saw it at either. And I was born in 83. So, same. Like, I was... I, maybe I saw it when I was five but probably not um, no. I definitely related more to it I think when I was like nine or ten so that was like the perfect age to watch this movie around the age this character was I remember I was young enough to think he was like older and when I right. saw this movie again recently um, I was like oh my gosh he's like a little child <laughs> like yeah. but it's funny when you're a kid you're like oh he's a teen it's like mm, kind of but he's like 12 Um so yeah, it, it was cool to see this again. It feels like such a nostalgia bomb now and absolutely recommend revisiting it. Before I get too much further into that, I'm going to read the synopsis really quick. So as you guys know, this is not spoiler free. You got to watch this movie first if you don't want to have spoilers. Um, but if you're still with us, here we go. After a wish turns 12-year-old Josh Baskin into a 30-year-old man, he heads to New York City and gets a low-level job at Macmillan Toy Company. A chance encounter with the owner of the company leads to a promotion testing new toys. Soon, a fellow employee, Susan Lawrence, takes a romantic interest in Josh. However, the pressures of living as an adult begins to overwhelm him, and he longs to return to his simple former life as a boy.
1: (laughs) That about wraps it up. That's the perfect synopsis of it, I mean... It's, yeah this movie's so cut and dry uh there's not a lot leading up to the you know the, the the problem of the movie right as soon as it happens and there's not a lot that happens after it it's 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 pretty right to the point and then the point ends right at the end there's not a whole lot before and after that so
0: yeah it's like i said the spoiler thing but it's like you kind of know how this is going to end i don't think right. you know spoilers really hurt this film or anything i think everyone's kind of we've all seen like the piano scene of this movie um So even if you haven't seen the film, you've probably at least seen that. Um, I think the next thing I kind of want to talk about, I have, I always do like about three quick facts. So I'm going to throw those out there. And if you have anything to add, feel free. And if you have your own facts, we'll toss those in too. So the first one I have is that according to Robert uh, Lagia, on the day that they filmed the famous keyboard scene, speaking of, at FAO Schwartz. He and Tom Hanks noticed that there were doubles dressed as them on hand just in case the two couldn't do the dance moves correctly. This became their goal to do the entire keyboard number without the aid of doubles and they succeeded.
1: (laughs) Okay. I did not know that. That's pretty crazy. I've tried to do that on piano. I'll I'll explain (laughs) it later as we get on that scene, but I've tried to do that before. It's not that easy.
0: I know. Like, and wow, what a throwback, like FAO Schwartz. I'm sure people nowadays have no idea what that even is. Such a big, prominent part of my childhood. We had a giant FAO Schwartz here in Dallas, so I'm like, "Mm, the good old days. Um, Penny Marshall became the first female director to ever direct a movie that grossed more than $100 million at the box office with this film wow had no idea had no idea she directed this had no idea that that happened it just it i kind of want to talk about that as we talk about the movie because that's an interesting like i wonder what's different about this film because she directed it you know um as opposed to a male director so we'll probably talk about that a little bit too uh third fact is to give tom hanks an idea of how a 12 year old would behave director penny marshall filmed each grown-up scene with david moscow Young Josh, uh, playing Hank's part, who then copied Moscow's behavior. Hank's would go on to do something similar for Forrest Gump, where he would spend time with Michael Connor, Humphrey's young Forrest, and imitate a Southern accent to prepare for the part.
1: Hmm. Okay. Interesting uh, facts. I didn't know any of that.
0: Yeah, like I, so when I was watching this, I was thinking about, you know, obviously this movie had a huge influence on the film Shazam. Um, In more ways than I remembered Like because I you know I obviously thought about that watching Shazam I was like oh this reminds me of Big which is one of my Favorite films Um, But then reading about that I was thinking About how you know In Shazam uh, What's his name Zachary Levi I think he was picked because they said He acted like an actual kid And not like Mm -hmm. somebody like dumbing down their Performance but somebody that actually Embodies that energy and that Vibe and I think you know Tom Hanks does such a good job of that in this film. It makes sense to, like, say, okay, kid, what would you do? Not what would I do pretending to be you. What would you actually do? And I'll do that. Um, I think Tom Hanks' performance in this film is so genuine and earnest. Um, You know, it's like, it's hard to imagine anyone else in the role for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I I agree 100%. And, you know, for me, like, growing up, you're about the same age I am growing up in this era, that there are certain actors that just stick out to you that... No matter what they're in, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks is that guy. Uh, Will Smith's that guy. With maybe the exception of Wild Wild West, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever they're in, I'm gonna watch it because everything they do is fantastic. And you know, he this was one of his young roles and uh, one that really got him going. It's it's just a <laughs> it's a great acting job. You're right. When you look at him in this part, you can see him. It almost he has the eyes of a child. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has that uh, that ignorance whenever you talk to him about something like, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, it, it's pretty, pretty fun to watch. Um, yeah. I've got two facts I can give you. Go for um, it. I know that there were multiple actors that were going to play the part of Josh Baskin. Harrison Ford and, and Robert De Niro were two of them that both ended up turning down the role. <laughs> so, yeah. Which would have been a total, total flip there. Because Robert De Niro, even though he's not, wasn't that old then, he was much older than uh, Tom Hanks or uh, Harrison Ford. So it yeah. would have been a big change. Uh, and then uh, Ann Spielberg was the – this is so connected to that point. Ann Spielberg was the uh, one of the writers of the film. Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg was actually supposed to direct this film, but it oh, did wow. never ended up happening after Harrison Ford dropped out. It never ended up happening. Mm. Uh, and then second fact – I had it here. Let me pull back. Oh, yeah. Um, they originally wanted to have Bas- Josh Baskins played by a woman, or they proposed for it to happen. But they threw the idea out because the idea of a 35-year-old man sleeping with a 12-year-old girl – was just no not really that even though I think it's weird that it's okay to think of a 35 year old woman sleeping with a 12 year old boy it's okay it's really not but you're (laughs) right like in the
0: 80s nobody would have even thought about this but even now like watching this movie I'm like like we'll talk about it there's like a point where it's like she's innocent it's fine but then it goes past the tipping point where you're like you know he's 12 now like you don't really (laughs) not want him to return to being 12 right (laughs)
1: You should <laughs> you have probably go buy him right? a comic book. That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's definitely some decisions made in this film that would not happen today. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to what you said about the casting, I had also heard that Penny Marshall wanted, um, what's his name? Uh, Pulp Fiction um, Travolta, John Travolta to, pl- to yeah. play his character. But Wow. Yeah. And they said he was like basically box office poison at that time because this was before Pulp Fiction because he was like kind mm. of embarrassing for a while it was like not the dancing guy um, so you know they told her no I think out of that lineup though like Harrison Ford, De Niro Travolta, Travolta's probably like the closest thing I could imagine but I think he would be playing like a much cooler version of like when he's an adult he's like cool in, in a leather jacket right. or something whereas he, like he... Harrison Ford and De Niro I don't know they're so serious like i i just it would be uh, that would be a totally different movie i think
1: yeah when i look at harrison ford or de niro i look at uh heroes or gangsters but that's pretty much it i I don't really see them in in a comedic role i don't see (laughs) them in in a childhood role i can pretty much see them in those and that's about i mean de niro does a little bit of comedy Mm -hmm. in his older age he doesn't do that bad but But it's still more of a kind of a serious report yeah yeah Yeah. but yeah good
0: no no you go ahead
1: Well, I was just going to say, I love Tom Hanks in this role. Like I said before, I I loved him. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, So him just in this role was perfect. At that time, I didn't realize that. But now that I'm older and I've seen more of his stuff, yeah, perfect perfect casting for this part.
0: Yeah, and he's like no drama, right? Like he's just so, so damn likable. And he always has been consistently to where like I even think, you know, younger people today are like, oh, Tom Hanks. I love that guy. You know, it's like he's never really lost that charm. And I think that's pretty rare for some actors. They kind of have this, like, rise and fall, but um, he's always just consistently been in the spotlight and and been a very likable character in all his films. Um, So moving on a little bit to the director. So we talked a little bit about how, you know, Penny Marshall directed this. You know, you may remember her from Laverne and Shirley, uh, and I think the Carol Burnett show. Um, But she also directed A League of Their Own, um, oh, so wow. I guess that movie and this would be her biggest films now I would expect her to to direct a league of her own a league of their own just considering the subject matter but it's interesting that she directs this film uh, because I think that her direction probably influences the lead female character of this movie because I feel like there's a lot of sympathy for that character that might not be in another iteration of this film <laughs> Like okay. you know and, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that but I don't know. I always think about that, like when it's um, because there are so few female directors, I'm always like, what's different about this film, you know, Mm -hmm. from others. But yeah.
1: You know, it's funny you said that about League of Their Own. I, I didn't know that. She was the director of that because I just never I looked didn't it up it's one of those movies. No, that, I didn't you know, either. <laughs> in, yeah, unless I have a reason to look it up, I'm not going to know some of those older movies. Now I pay more attention to that kind of stuff, but that's one me and my wife love right there, too. So that might be a happy one I rewatch and, and cover with you on here. Maybe we'll do a whole segment on all her movies and shows.
0: Yeah, you'd have to come on <laughs> with my friend Kara because she called dibs on it. But okay. we could do a, a three person thing. That would be fun. I, um, that works. But yeah, like. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of her work, but, you know, everyone is familiar with these two movies and they're pretty huge hits. So Mm -hmm. just thought that was worth highlighting. Um, I think we could go through each actor. We've already talked about Tom Hanks, but -hmm. I think what would be better is if we start diving into the scenes and then we can kind of organically talk about, you know, if we want to highlight um, somebody specifically there. You did also mention that uh, Ann Spielberg helped write this movie. So did Gary Ross. And I think I had a note about that, too. Um, let me look really quick. See, this is yeah, where my editing comes in.
1: Was it Deborah Winger, too, that helped write it?
0: Oh, uh, that sounds right.
1: Yeah, I think it was Deborah Winger and Anne Spielberg were the two, like, headline writers on it. I'm sure there were probably more people that helped, but I think yeah. so those are the two.
0: Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some of your favorite scenes from this film.
1: Oh. Okay, well, hands down, favorite scene is the the first night that he brings Susan back to his apartment. <laughs> because I feel like if I was an adult with no kids and I wasn't married, like say I was thirty years old, somewhat successful, not married, no kids, that would be my place. Hundred like, percent, hands down, that would be my place. Drink machine, you can get from without uh, without quarters. Trampoline, board games everywhere, models, arcades. That would be the ideal life for me. It's, and I I love that scene.
0: It's really telling that as a kid, that scene didn't register as like weird at all to me. Like I was like, yeah, like you're saying, like that's what I would have. I would have like a pinball machine and I would have a trampoline and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, I think what's funny about that scene is, you know, there's an earlier we've gotten to know Tom Hanks in this new role where he's ironically they're getting advice from a literal kid on toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's leading to all his success. Also taking a little stab at the corporate world and how, I don't know. There's just a lot of like cheesiness to where um, I I guess people rise to these positions really quickly, but maybe they don't really deserve to be there. I feel like is sort of an underlying comment in the film, but um, he takes Elizabeth Perkins who plays Susan, by the way. Okay. My brain is jumping all over the place. I know, but (laughs) Elizabeth Perkins, does she not look like 11?
1: She, I mean, she definitely looks younger. She looks
0: like, she looks like, uh millie bobby brown like she looks like that actress um Hmm. and my husband pointed that out last night he was like she looks like her i'm like i wonder if that influenced like the casting of 11 because i mean it's like an 80s movie it's a big movie i mean obviously yeah she's an adult but she kind of looks like her anyway just an aside and credit to nick on that one um but yeah he brings her back to this apartment and it's funny the way that The entire time she's sort of trying to downplay like how crazy he's being and you know he's like get on this trampoline and she's like are we really doing this and then he like tells her to jump and you can tell like her relationship with a lot of the other members at their uh, office has been her sort of pretending like they're interesting or sort of pretending like you know trying to play along to move her career along and so she tries to do that here and then you know by the end of the night she realizes this is just who he is. It's not like an act. It's not like a, a, a move or immersing himself in toys. He's literally just a giant kid. <laughs> right. And so by right. the end of the night, she's kind of accepted of that. But yeah, I love everything about that scene. And it's very 80s now. Like when you see all the products that he's showing and stuff, you're like, whoa, 80s bomb.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know, the one of the best part about this scene is how it starts out at the beginning where she kinda they, they ride in the limo to get to his house and <laughs> yeah. she gets out there and he's asking his department he goes and she kinda is implying that she wants to come over and, and spend the night and he's, he's like, like, Oh, you mean sleep sleepover? <laughs> yeah. And then he yeah. goes, All right, but I'm on top and as a kid
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> you know
1: as, a, as a kid, I was like, okay, he means top bunk. And that's what he meant in this movie. But I can see how as an adult now, how she would misinterpret that as soon as he says that. And she's like, well, okay. And she's just like, that's goes up aggressive. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, it's very funny. And again, like, I think commenting on, because like, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, Josh and some of the other, specifically the guy that Susan's dating Um, having like this sort of male dominance thing going on and so like Mm -hmm. that she's kind of i think for a moment like wait maybe he is like that and then of course the scene plays on it's very funny again another joke that i don't know if they would do now (laughs) i don't know if they could (laughs) even do their relationship at all but um but yeah that that was a funny scene i love when she's like talking to him in the limo and saying i'm really getting to know you and trying to be serious and then he's like Let's get on top and like they go outside of the little sunroof and it's like exactly what a kid would do, not listen to hey, it at all and like jump out. That's outside. Exact,
1: <laughs> sorry, that's exactly what I would do. If I was in a, a limo in New York City, just because 'cause I'm a person that I've been in New York, I don't care. I'm thirty five years old. If I get in a limo in New York City and it's got a sunroof, I'm I'm sticking out my head out of it and <laughs> kinda of standing up. Don't care. Yeah. I'm at that age right now where I'm married, I got kids, I got nothing to prove, nobody to impress, I'll do whatever I want to do. Well, that's. I can, of... I can be a kid again, you know?
0: Exactly. And I think that's part of Susan's story arc because she, like, in one of the early scenes, she's at that party, uh, the one that Tom Hanks shows up to in a crazy tuxedo, and um, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, her boss is just, like, so charmed by it, and uh, everyone else is horrified. And it's like their whole vibe has just become so stuffy. They can't enjoy, you know, their lives. And she even tries to make a power move, like, who are you – gonna work with on this project what he's like it's a party like relax and have fun and i think that's like her character arc for the whole film um that's why she's talking so serious the limo he interrupts her and like you know then when they get back to the his house they jump on a trampoline it's like she has to like come back down to earth and like not be so on all the time and i kind of i kind of like that side you know story with her too oh
1: yeah well, you know, there were two points about Susan that I wanted to ask you, especially being a female, because you yeah. would have a better mindset of it, is uh, one, I know that there was the moment where, uh, I can't I can't remember the guy's name, who was her, her, I guess her boyfriend that had the stuff at her house, the, the jerk in the movie that played Hamball. Paul, with I think? That might have been yeah. it. Yeah. I think I didn't write it down because I didn't like him, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but, they make him <laughs> um, <it> very unlikable. <laughs> right. He's almost unlikable in every movie you see him in. He plays a good jerk.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: But um, I want I wanted to ask. There was the the scene where he's talking with her about well, before this it was this person, then it was this person, then it was this person, then me, and now it's him. There were two things that kind of came to my mind with that it was like one, if she's like that, why are you like, and you're interested in her? Then that says something about you, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and two, do you think that has to represent anything with like this is the '80s, early '90s, like a glass ceiling, like women trying doing what they had to do to get ahead? Maybe Definitely. I don't know. I don't know if she was doing that to get ahead, but probably was you know
0: I think it was implied that she I mean I think like now I could imagine like a younger woman watching this and going well this is extremely offensive I hate this film you know right. but so you've <laughs> got to think this is like when basic instinct came out and I do think in the 80s and even into the 90s there was this idea that like women entering the workforce not just entering and being like you know a secretary or that kind of level but them actually being like CEOs and partners I think there was a lot of tension around that at that time, and that's why you get movies like Basic Instinct, where women are using, you know, their sex appeal and their sexual power to, like, overpower men, um, and that's how they would get ahead. That's how they move around. Under a modern lens, we're like, actually, women were in a really difficult situation where they're being, like, harassed, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're not willing participants in this. Not to say that no one's ever you know, done something uh, to get ahead. But another way to look at that is that, you know, they're actually a victim in that circumstance. And a lot of times they were. So I think, you know, you just have to keep in mind that's when this movie came out. So it's kind of like, maybe you would look at it today and say, I don't like the way that character was handled. And that's why I say, I think it's so interesting that the director was a woman um, because that is a a tough subject, I'm sure for her too, um, especially in, in the industry she was in. Um, but I think that Susan's character is handled in such a way that, you know, you could also look at it like, I don't know, she's just sexually free, and I'm pretty sure all the guys there are too, and they're in New York, they're not, like, in a country town where they settle down and get married, so it's actually, you know, okay for her to have had sex with more than one guy, (laughs) um, and so it's like, there's just so many different ways to look at that, um. And I think part of it, too, for her, for the character is that, yeah, number one, she felt like that's what she had to do maybe to get ahead. Or maybe she genuinely fell in love with different guys and was, you know, uh, looking up to them and wanting to learn from them. And they show interest in her. And so she's like, oh, you know, we have a real connection. Um, It could be a bunch of different things. Or maybe she's become jaded because every relationship has ended with you know, she feels like a stepping stone. Um, So there's so many different ways to look at it. But I think ultimately why that character is handled fairly well given the time is that Tom Hanks character Josh he doesn't have any of these preconceived notions about a woman in the workplace Mm -hmm. he he doesn't have any idea about how many guys she slept with or what her history is he just goes you know you're a nice person you're a good person and I think for a movie in the 80s for them to look at someone who is quote-unquote sleeping around or a slut as a good human being is like not even a concept so i think that part of the movie is pretty cool you know that he's kind of like he doesn't see any of that he just sees her because she is uh, in in the movie the character susan is a good person Right. like even if she did that stuff quote unquote she isn't like this cruel manipulative person she's a good person so right you know i guess that's the long response to
1: that. (laughs) Well, Josh in this movie is the perfect definition of the phrase ignorance is bliss. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he really is. I mean, it would be so cool to be able to, to be an adult and be that ignorant about something, but still be like smart enough to be able to get by. But be so ignorant about everything that you just, you just don't, ha- don't worry about the regular things in life. Like people like he got a $187 check and blew his blue, you know, blew up. Oh my gosh, $187. <laughs> yeah. And then I love how he went to the bank and got it. <laughs> he went to the bank, got a hundred dollar bill and 87 ones. Yeah. She's that like, how so do you cool.
0: want this? And he's like, um, I don't know the answer to that. So he just makes right. up a crazy answer and she's like, okay. <laughs> well, even like his relationship with, I, yeah, I think it's Paul, um, You know, he he doesn't understand why Paul wouldn't like him. He can't see that, you know, he's considered competition Um, when they play that game and he cheats. He's like, you cheated. And he's like, no, give in. He's like, no. And then he gets punched. He's like, why would he punch me? Like, he's so innocent that he doesn't understand like this cutthroat corporate world. He doesn't understand like. Uh, being super stuffy at a party he doesn't understand treating the only woman in the office like an object you know he just can't wrap his mind around that stuff and that's what's so appealing to him uh, to uh, McMillan about him is somebody that's not just trying to climb the ladder, not somebody trying to step over everybody, but genuinely interested in in the product that they're selling and interested in other people. And so I think it's supposed to, yeah. For us adults, we're like, oh man, I wish I could get some of that like genuine kindness back because I think there's like a, a through line of this film of just being kind, you know, to mm-hmm. other people.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's part of why maybe, that not that's not necessarily. What I- that's part of why I like this movie is because I generally try to be kind to most people. I mean, not, of course, everybody's going to say that. I don't try to <laughs> mind or anything, but I try to be kind to most people. But I think when I look at this movie that came out when I was a kid, I, you know, I worked a job since I was like 14 and a half years old, and I've had a job every day of my life since then. I haven't wow. ever been unemployed since then. So, like, my mindset, I always wanted to grow up, and I always wanted to be bigger, and I feel like I missed out on a lot of my childhood trying to accomplish basically what he has in this movie. But yeah. now that I'm older... And I, ha- I have the family, I have the house, I'm established. Now I can be like that. So realistically, I am. I'm just kind of five years behind where he was at <laughs> and, without the, and without the Zoltar machine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that you said that because I think that that is a journey that a lot of people, especially around our age, go on, right? Like in your 20s, you're like, I want like the fanciest car. I want like the m- most bomb job. I want, you know, all these things. And then when you get into your 30s, you're like, I actually kind of want to stay home. none uh, of that matters yeah it just doesn't matter to me I want to spend time with my family and friends and I want to have fun you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I I think it's interesting you know this is one of those films I think that grows up with you because I saw it a certain way when I was a kid and now I see it a completely different way as an adult it's kind of cool to to see it from those two vantage points I think the biggest thing that I'm thinking about right now is that you know, you, you mentioned earlier, we both mentioned the, the emphasis on kindness and how that is such a luxury in the adult world, and I, I didn't know that as a kid.
1: No. No, because generally most people are nice to kids.
0: Right. That's true. You know, generally, that's a
1: good point. So, so you look at the world a little bit differently as a kid because most people look at you as innocent and, well, whatever you did, you're a kid, you may not understand. I mean, depending on what you did, of course. But most <laughs> sure. people look at you as kind of ignorant and, and you generally treat you a little bit nicer than they would maybe an average adult stranger. Right. So but yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those movies where I can see moments in this movie where I was like, Man, when I was a kid I wish I could have done that or man when I was a kid I wish I could've done that or <laughs> when I was a kid I remember seeing this and be like, Man, I wish I could do that type deal. Um, like the 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 mindset or the idea of ha- like having just imagine being in um what's his friend's name? Billy. Imagine Billy, being yeah. in Billy's position where you're a twelve or thirteen year old kid. Well Billy's three months older, so he's thirteen. Imagine you're a 13-year-old kid and your best friend is 30 It's making <laughs> money in New York, and you can do whatever you want to do, which, by the way, I don't know how far away they live from New York, but the <laughs> fact that Billy's parents let him ride his bike or a bus or a subway or whatever to New York every day, I mean, you've got to know about that. You doesn't have to be on 10 man. o'clock at 13. Goodness gracious. Yeah, this must have been yep. right
0: before like the milk carton kid phase because yeah. it's super dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's kind of true Because I know when I was a kid I could ride all the way To the other side of my city On my yeah. bike My parents wouldn't say anything There's no way in hell I'm letting my daughters ride all, Like outside of my property
0: Yeah yeah. So, yeah we like, used to like Go, go to the creek Camp out in mm-hmm. the backyard
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now I Yeah It's such a different world We live in for sure
1: oh, Yeah Yeah um, What about you? What's your, what's your favorite scene?
0: So Okay Two two things I want to talk about I will say There are some scenes in this movie they're my favorite now, I think, because they scared me so much as a kid. Okay. Um, the What's the name of the fortune? T- is it Zoltar? Zoltar. Zoltar. Yeah. Okay. The Zoltar scene was so intense to me as a child. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, and then he gets the thing and then he wakes up and he's a kid. Like, And then the mom, the way she reacts to him, like when he's, you know, she just thinks of some random dude in her house. Um, in like Billy's room and like, it's just as an adult, you're like, oh my God, yes, I would be horrified. But as a kid, that whole scene was so like heartbreakingly terrifying to me. Like the idea that my parents wouldn't know who I was. It reminded me a lot of, um, in Escape from the Navigator. Is that what's it called? Fly of the Navigator. You remember that movie?
1: No, I don't think so. <gasps> you
0: haven't seen that? Oh my gosh. Okay, like, we well, have watch. to see that. Yeah, okay, that's another, like, 80s film. I'm, I'm going to okay. look it up and make sure I'm saying this correctly. I've always... Somebody has to pick that. I think I think actually Scott wanted to talk about that movie. Uh, yes, okay, Flight of the Navigator. Um, it's kind of the reverse of this movie in a way, where it's a little boy that he gets... Uh, abducted by aliens and then they drop him back off and he's still 12 but everyone else is older Mm. and he tries to go back home to his house and there's a completely different family there and it's like terrifying Hmm. because he's like mom dad i'm home and it's like a totally different family and they're like who are you and you know they throw him out and that scared me to death as a kid and this movie similar thing where his mom doesn't recognize him it just terrified me (laughs) i was like it'd be so sad
1: well, see, it's funny you mentioned that scene with Zoltar and this scene especially because, like, I know for me personally, I don't do horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's not I, like I realize it's not real; it's a story. <laughs> These are actors doing this, but I just don't like it. Like, I just don't like watching evil things if I don't want to, and I get I get nightmares very easily. Ugh. So I remember as a kid that Zoltar scene machine because they do a good job of making that kind of kind of a scary moment. So yeah, it's, really it's scary, intense. but it's the scariest moment of the show. Like that machine kind of freaks me out. I remember having nightmares about that machine. Not that bad, but I remember having some nightmares about it. And I was like, oh, man, that brings back some memories right there when I saw it. It's a freaky-looking machine. It was like that duck machine. Did you ever have that? It was like a, there was like a duck in the middle, and it would lay an egg. And you'd put a quarter in, you had to spin something around. And then once it laid the egg, it would come down. It kind of reminds me of that. Like, it just doesn't look right. It's not natural. Something doesn't <laughs> seem right about it, you know?
0: I That but. sounds familiar. I also think that I saw not Zoltar specifically, but like sometimes he's like a a cowboy that reads fortunes and he's like this creepy animatronic cowboy that like jerkily moves around in his booth and he's half of a person and it's like just disturbing. So yeah, yeah, I think just everything about it. It's like, I I don't know if kids know this today, but it's like this was a thing, (laughs) like a scary thing that could be at a carnival or on a pier. Um, Mm -hmm. The other scene that's like pretty soon after that when when uh he has to get that hotel room with his uh with billy um when he's in the hotel room and he has to he's like how am i gonna sleep and he's like it's probably best if you don't just given where you are and he leaves right. him there and he can't sleep all night and he's hearing gunshots and stuff and screaming as a kid that scene bothered me and i thought that's honestly what i imagined the adult world to be like i was like it's, yeah. I'm, it's gonna be terrifying Oh,
1: yeah. so i think
0: this movie like nailed like how frightening children would find like spending one night without mom and dad like
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so i well, like that scene it, too it's funny to remember in that scene specifically i remember as a kid watching it and when he goes to the hotel room he's like oh, 1750 for the room for the night ten dollar sheet de- you know deposit or whatever and i was like man i was like That much money. Now that I'm older, I look at that. I'm like, holy crap! Seventeen fifty a night for a hotel. That's I could stay there for thirty days and pay less than my mortgage. Why not? Talk about shady, though.
0: That guy checking them in, checking a thirty-year-old man and a little kid. No, (laughs) he should have called CBS.
1: Yeah, it seemed like the area they were in that wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, when he's walking past, like, the sex workers and, you know, other things that, again, that's how I imagine being an adult. It's, like, big city, terrifying. I couldn't do it. I was such mm-hmm. a wimpy kid, so um, yeah, that I scene agree. really resonated with me, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was a wimpy, a wimpy kid, <laughs> too. But <laughs> Sorry, we survived. We made it. We did. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Look at my notes. Some other stuff point that came out to me. Um... Oh, the chemistry between Tom Hanks and Jared Rushton. Jared Rushton is the guy who played Billy, his his young kid.
0: Oh yeah, just You're an right. amazing
1: chemistry. I mean, and and Billy, what's funny about the Billy? I keep call him Billy Rushton. Uh, Jared Rushton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he did this, and then he did Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and he did um, oh, man, Overboard. He
0: did look familiar?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he was a big kind of like late eighties, early nineties kid actor, and then he was on a couple episodes of Roseanne. And then he just stopped acting and went into music, which I've never heard any of his music, so apparently he didn't make it in music. But he, he just stopped acting. He, he just decided he didn't want to act anymore. He wanted to pursue, pursue something differently, which is kind of weird for a successful actor to feel that yeah. way. You know, I, I would think that most people who have tried for years and never been in a motion picture or, or you know, main star on TV show, after you've done that for a few years and you can't do anything, okay, then maybe you go to something else. But a guy who's seems like they've kind of made it. You know, I mean, you probably could have progressed your career and been okay, he just stopped acting. Hmm. Maybe he just wasn't
0: feeling it. Yeah.
1: I mean, and you know what? If that's your if that's your thing, even if there's a lot of money in it, I respect you more for not doing it because you don't want to regardless of the money. If you're just doing it for the money, then you're not going to be as good of an actor. You're not going to be into it.
0: Right. Yeah, he, he's very natural in this film. Like, he's mm-hmm. his, his comedic timing is really good. I know that can be challenging, I think, with kid actors, too. But he, he nails it, – it feels like he knows what he's talking about, like, in every scene. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you had mentioned um, earlier about this being a nostalgia bomb. I actually have it written down, nostalgia sandwich. So, so Love it. Yeah, Love we're, it. we're in the same nostalgia kind of way, nostalgia sandwich. sandwich so. Appetizing. I, I liked how they used the, <laughs> I liked how they used the uh, social security number. And he's like, what is that? And he's like, it's my locker combination. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, no idea what a social security number is. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Stuff that stood out for me. The piano scene, obviously. We haven't talked about that yet. But oh I think that's one of the most iconic scenes of this movie.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: There are gifs and pictures about that. That may even be one of the covers of like the VHS this came out on was them on the piano.
0: I remember <clears throat> desperately wanting to do that at an FAO Schwartz. I remember um trying to play it on the piano. Yeah, it was it was definitely a big scene.
1: Yeah. There is only one song I can play a piano and that's it. The simplest song ever to play on piano. Of course, you know, generally I have to have two people to play both parts of it, but uh you know, or at least I do, because I'm not good to play both parts myself. <laughs> I can't. But um, th- there's actually a place where I live called Cyworks, where it's just like this big, huge science museum, and there's all kinds of stuff you can do there. You take the kids there, animals, all kinds of fun stuff, and they have one of these on the floor. And like my wife oh. loves this movie, and I love this movie, so every time we go there, we always get on the floor and try to do this right here. Can't do it nearly as well because I don't care how many ti- how many the times you tried it, it's gonna you're not gonna get them the first try. You've got yeah. to do that a number of times. So, I mean, obviously for the movie, the first try, they're going to nail it. But yeah. it shows their bonding moment.
0: When places but. open back up, you guys should totally film it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll see that. I'll, I'll dress awesome. up like Max. Was What's the guy's name? Mac, Mac, uh, Macmillan? Macmillan? Or... I Mac guess Macmillan, yeah.
0: I feel like it sounds like Macmillan, almost. Like, yeah. It seems intentional.
1: <laughs> I'll dress up like him. I'll have my wife dress up like Tom Hanks, and we'll do it. There you go. I'd love to see <laughs> Send that. It out there live on the YouTubes.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that scene, and um, I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Did you have an FAO Schwartz where you lived growing up?
1: No, I've never heard of that.
0: Okay, so it was like a giant toy store, and I think I guess the biggest one is in New York, but we had one in Dallas at our, a mall called the Galleria, and it, it was just like an amazing place because it was all these like high-end, really cool, the best toys. So like, think about. Um, what's it called Toys R Us but like better you know like mm-hmm. cooler um, and it was there for a few years and then it closed down and I was like no and I think the whole I think the whole company is gone now but yeah it was a real company it was a big yeah. deal in the 80s and 90s
1: well this um, movie really gives you a throwback to how old it is because uh, there aren't toy stores where I'm at anymore like exactly all the, toy st- the only toy store I can think of is like GameStop <laughs>
0: yeah if that's that, that like that barely hanging to a toy on. Store? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah so Toys R Us shut down all around me.
0: I know, same. Um, I think that they said they're going to relaunch and rebrand as, like, smaller stores that are really specific. But, yeah, like, they're gone. And Mm -hmm. there's no, you know, there's KB Toys, I almost said. Because I was trying to think of, like, what's the biggest toy store that you would, like... Be familiar with and those are the two that i think of toys r us kb which went defunct before that but yeah kids don't have toy stores anymore you go to walmart and target and online that's it yeah. kind of crazy
1: yeah the internet's pretty much killed that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <But>. it's
0: over <laughs> um so let, oh go yeah. ahead
1: well i was gonna say some things i loved seeing that were in this movie like i love the the caviar scene when he's at that party. I love the reaction because I guarantee you that's how any child is going to react to caviar because I'm an adult. (laughs) I've been to culinary school, and I still don't like caviar. I've tried and tried and tried. I don't see what people like about it. I think it is only a prestige thing. It's only like, (laughs) well, I'm eating caviar, so I must be very, very prestigious because I'm doing it. Even though it's not good. No, it's not good at all. Just me personally, I don't think it is. (laughs) Yeah, I think, again,
0: there's like this through line about pretension in the movie, and I think that that's one of the – the highlights is when she's like bragging about how wonderful the caviar is and he just spits it out right in front of her again it's like the boss mcmillan really wants someone to come in and like shake up his world and like be honest with him it's like that's i think what he lacks on his team and that's what's been so hard about coming up with new toy ideas right is like everybody is essentially just kissing his ass and not really giving him real feedback and so you -hmm. know josh comes in and, and changes all that which is great yeah. I'm flipping through some scenes here too. I'm looking. Oh my gosh, it's. I'm looking at IMDb and there's like pictures of like old VHS tapes, and I'm like, oh, it's making me very nostalgic. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Well, you know, you talked about the McMillian, The Ro- what's how do you say his last name? L- like Robert Legaya Lagoya? Legia. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce it. L O G G I A. <laughs> Which, by the way. At- I don't remember him from this movie when i was like when i get older i don't remember him being in this movie till i saw it again i when i see him i always remember independence day
0: yes <laughs> like
1: just, just for me i just always remember independence day that's that's the role i have him in for the rest of my life is the, the general from independence day <laughs> yeah but, i think
0: that's like as far back as our memory can go because you know like scarface and things like that that's like when we were born so
1: right like we watched those just not <laughs> in the moment type right of. right but he uh, his character was great in this one because like you said he he seems like he's kind of tapped into that childhood and he even says it whenever he sees uh, uh, what's his name Josh there on Saturday at the toy store and he's like oh he's like are you here with your kids and he's like no I'm just kind of here and he's like yeah I come here every Saturday because you can't see this in a marketing report and he's right you can't I mean yeah, he's that, like that's the, the only
0: real person at his job
1: mm-hmm. it know? happens to be the owner which is a good thing I'd love it if my boss was the real, the realest person at my job but <laughs> doesn't usually work out that way <laughs> Um,
0: yeah I I like his character it reminded me a lot like I t- earlier I talked about how this movie obviously influenced Shazam but I think it also influenced the movie Elf and that's something I didn't there realize till this rewatch. Mm. you know he reminds me a lot of the dad in Elf um, and just a lot of things about you know Tom Hanks characters obviously Will Ferrell's gonna turn everything up to an 11 but (laughs) it's very similar in a lot of ways and I I don't think I ever noticed that until I rewatched it this time Mm
1: -hmm. oh yeah yeah, you know ton of nostalgia in this movie I love watching I think one of the coolest things was at the beginning that that I just noticed little bitty things was they're opening baseball cards and they pull the bubble gum out of the baseball cards and they're chewing the bubble gum Uh, from the packs I remember going to the comic book shop because where I live there was a comic book shop slash hobby store Real small, but they sold cards and models and comics and all that stuff. And, I, you know, my stepdad would take me there once a week because he was a big model guy. So we'd go there, and I'd get a couple comics, and I'd get some baseball cards. And I just remember, for some reason, I loved (laughs) chewing on that quarter-inch thin strip of brick uh, chewing gum. don't know why. (laughs) It was one of my favorite things when I was a kid to open up this pack that's probably been sitting there for six months with a piece of chewing gum in it, unwrapped, and I would love to get it love to get that chewing gum. I saw him doing that and I was like, oh man, that's awesome. I remember that because you don't get that anymore. But I still buy cards. They don't put gum in cum, uh, card wrappers anymore.
0: I know. It's
1: still not happening. So they don't. You can still get some Big League Chew and then have a good time. But uh,
0: <laughs> Big League Chew, <tree>. yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm also thinking about the, the Voltron uh, pajamas he has as an adult oh, yeah. and a child. The exact same ones. And then uh, nice. Billy has the uh, He-Man pajamas. Mm-hmm. I think I had those He-Man pajamas but I'm not sure. But I may that's have.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But little things like that, and then even going back to the computer game, how the how the movie opens.
0: Oh like, yeah, when you see that computer, you're like, ooh.
1: Mm-hmm. But I remember bag. playing that kind of stuff and being like, man, this is awesome. It'll never. <laughs> I remember graphics. Sega Genesis came out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: Sega Genesis came out, and I was like, thirty two bits. You'll never get better than that. It'll never get better than this. <laughs> and of course, you know, it has. But I just thought that was that. And of course, at the time, that was the peak of technology. But oh, yeah. I thought it would never get better. You know. So -hmm. those things brought me back big time seeing that kind of stuff.
0: I like the scene, uh, the birthday scene.
1: Yeah.
0: um, Where, you know, they go to that Italian restaurant and they're singing to them and then Billy's singing too. And how joyous that is, because that's something you don't get back. I think when you're a kid and you go to a restaurant and you actually enjoy the happy birthday part, Mm -hmm. like, again, I think there's like a theme of like, you know, living in the moment and like actually really enjoying like the fun, good things that are happening to you. Cause like, as an adult if somebody does that to you now it's like a prank it's like the worst thing that can happen is somebody tell right. the waiters it's your birthday but i i just i don't know there's something about that scene that i just really enjoy
1: and that's why you always do it when you take your friends out on their birthday because it oh, is a prank yeah. and it's funny to watch them sit there and <laughs> cower as a bunch of people they don't know sing a song that was made up for that company because the happy birthday <laughs> song is <was> copyrighted so <laughs> yep, yep. that's that scene was crazy because they're throwing raw dough in that guy's mouth and he's eating it yeah. You shouldn't eat raw dough. I mean, I don't know if it, it probably won't kill you, but it definitely won't be good on the stomach. I saw that and I was like, hmm. I never noticed that as a kid, and I was like, hmm, I definitely would do. It. I'd spit it out at least. But <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess That's... file that under it was okay in the 80s. <laughs> right.
1: And and you know, in the, nowadays, you'd never have a guy tossing dough with bare hands in the middle of a restaurant to people, and then oh, tossing no. it to the to the busboy or the waiter, and then having them toss it back, and then going to make your pizza out of that would never fly. <laughs> Yeah, it's reply. like,
0: it probably is okay, because they're like, pizza ovens are very hot, but yeah, just aesthetically, people would be like, mm, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Let's see, um, uh, good. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the things I noticed as an adult, I didn't notice as a kid, is when he moves in that apartment for the first time, which, by the way, is an amazing apartment. It really 50 is. Foot ceiling, yeah, 50 foot ceilings, hardwood floors, jacuzzi tub, that guy in the middle of New York, that guy's paying 30 Three thousand, four thousand dollars a month for that apartment. Like, there's no way he can afford that on 187 dollars a week. Of course, 187 (laughs) dollars was his prior pay before he got promoted. So I'm not sure what his money was for he got promoted. But
0: yeah, I feel like he's making six figures now.
1: Easily, as a 13 year old kid or 12 year old kid. I mean, if I'm going home, I'm bringing some of that money back with me. Be like, hey, I'm sorry I was gone for a month, but guess what? I'm bringing back you know fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, at least (laughs) cash that in. (laughs) And it, it never ties into what happens after he leaves because he has a job and an apartment and everything else. Like, just, just, all that. Just I guess that's all just kind of left to the imagination, whatever happens with all that stuff after that because it never explains it. Oh, yeah this, the, yeah. this movie go. goes right into it, doesn't explain a whole lot, and then comes right out of it at the very end. I think after the, the he turns back to being little, there's maybe two or three more minutes in the movie, if that. You know, mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, like, the mom thinks that, you know, she, her son has been kidnapped by a 30-year-old girl man that's unstable um yet he's never investigated they never follow billy around like the nobody does anything to find him right. like billy just tells the mom at night like don't worry he'll be back and it's like that had that would sound ludicrous like to an adult <laughs> don't worry he's coming back okay yeah uh, i trust oh. this 12 year old that lives across the street
1: exactly yeah very yeah, so, can try for the story <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean
0: I, in real life you know uh, Josh would have been arrested and investigated and stuff. Right. <laughs> where's the where's my actual son? But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in this film. No.
1: You know, the the one thing or one thing that I noticed about this film that I, that I felt totally differently about now that I'm an adult, especially now that I'm an adult and I have kids as opposed to when I was younger, was kind of what you were touching on earlier, the feelings she had. But when I watched this movie, and I finished watching it about 15, 10, 15 minutes before we got on the podcast – the moment where he walks in the door and he says, "Mom, I'm here," and then you hear his mom for the first time say something, it kind of tugged in my heart a little bit. It kind of, it yeah. kind of made me like made me want to tear up a little bit, because, like you said, I, I would go. I don't know what I'd do if something happened to my kids. If something like that happened to my kids, I would go insane. Which is why this right. movie is so weird. But it's made to be <laughs> the movie, you know. But. uh So feeling that moment, you know, of like, okay, my kid's been gone for six weeks, and all of a sudden, I say she because I have a daughter, she's back now, just walks through the door, I'd I'd go insane. I would would go absolutely nuts about it, and it'd it'd be like those uh, reveal videos you see where people have been deployed for like a year and a half, (laughs) they surprise their kids, you know? Right. You can't help but watch it and want to cry when you see it, but you're like, man, that must be such a good feeling, you know?
0: Yeah, I think as a kid watching this, you're you know you're going on Josh's journey, so you're like he gets to have fun for six weeks and be an adult. You're definitely not thinking about the fact that his parents, his mother thinks he's abducted. So right. yeah, it's definitely different as an adult for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely will never put if I have another baby, will never put my other baby into my twelve year old uh, son or daughter's room because I don't <laughs> I'd never understood the the point of that. I was looking yeah. and I was like, are you telling me that you only have one or two bedrooms? You have the mas- master bedroom and his room? Yeah,
0: like, that does no way. seem like that used to be a thing hmm. more so than now. Now we're like, let's give all kids their own space. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can do this now. Yeah. yeah um. So do we want to tackle the thing that would be different about this movie? <laughs> Susan, at the very end, she... Uh, they have that conversation, or he—he's like, I tried to tell you like who I really am, and it finally dawns on her because he leaves that meeting, and then it, she continues the presentation, and then she figures it out, and then she goes to, to say goodbye to him. I think that's probably like the biggest thing that would be different nowadays is like, first of all, the night together would have never happened, Because <laughs> right. there's a real night together that I feel like in my brain, I kind of like gloss over that part of the movie, and then. Uh, so that happens. That wouldn't happen at all. And then I think at the end, she would have been more like, oh, I see who you really are. You should definitely go back to being a child. But in this movie, they make it a romance. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it would work today at all. But I get where they were trying to come from. It's like there were two people that truly got each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that saw each other differently than everyone else saw them, I think.
1: Well, it's like you were mentioned earlier. He liked her for her. It didn't matter about he didn't have all the baggage and everything that came with her. He didn't see all her baggage. He saw her. He saw how nice she was to him. And she, it's what an awesome, perfect relationship would be like, where you don't right. talk about baggage, you don't talk about anything in the past or what's happened before. You, you you enjoy each other for what you are right now. And I get that in real life, it's a little different. It's harder to do that. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. impossible to do that. But it's one of those made for the movie moments. That's you know the perfect couple. They were cute together too. I mean, they they seemed like a really really good couple together.
0: Yeah, I think when she kind of let her guard down and she stopped playing this role that I think wasn't really her. Like, I think that was part of it, too, when when uh, her boyfriend was like, how is he different from the others? And she's like, I'm not like that anymore. I think it was part of her, like, not pretending anymore. Because I think when she's, like, super extreme business lady at the party that, you know, asking the boss about power moves and even using relationships to sort of navigate through the corporate world it's like she's doing those things but she doesn't enjoy them she feels it's more like she's playing a part she's trying to compete and survive um but when she was with josh and they went like to the you know to the uh to the carnival. fair or yeah, whatever, carnival. carnival
1: yeah
0: and she really just dropped all that and was who she actually is then she was like this really fun bubbly person that she doesn't get to be at work Mm -hmm. um and so I think she really you know missed that I mean I think she just missed being herself and yeah they they see each other how they really are and you know she uh the first thing that Josh Chester isn't like you're hot or you're beautiful he's like you're really nice and I think that really spoke to her somebody that could see her for who she actually is and not just what she looks like or you know what she could do for them
1: yeah, well, it definitely gave her a different dynamic to, to what she's been used to dating because, like you said, she she can let her guard down. She's not worried about what this guy's expectations are of her. I mean, I think that even to the point where they went on their first kind of date together, the first time she spent the night, she was in the mindset of, well, this is what he expects. If I want yeah. to, to talk to him, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the night with him, and I'm going to sleep with him, and then after that, then I'll be able to, you know. But then she realized quickly at that point that, that's not what this guy's after. That's This guy's genuinely interested in having fun with me and being with me, which is awesome. I wish everybody could be a kid and have a great time again because I'm telling yeah. you, y'all, everybody who's listening, take an hour a day and, and be a kid again. Go, go ride your bike. Go watch a movie or a TV show you watched when you were a kid. Go do something. I promise you it'll be good for your heart. I promise you it will be.
0: Yeah, I think that, that night where – yeah, where she tries, she says, like, I'm interested, I'm into it, da-da-da. And then he puts her in the bottom bunk, and she's like, oh, that's what he meant. um, And then she goes to sleep. She seemed really relieved, which is, like, kind of sad, because it's like she said she was interested and she wanted to do that, but ultimately she was happier not doing that. Yeah, mm. I think it definitely changes her character to think differently about relationships going forward. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, she probably has a great relationship with somebody that's not secretly 12, um, but that respects her, and so that's kind of her her character arc, but oh, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like, and I think, uh, you know, his boss, McMillan, same thing. It's like he saw the value in, in being a kid for a little bit. Um, and coming to a toy store when it doesn't directly benefit you, and it's not part of a corporate meeting, but just to see children having fun and to get new ideas about the product and sort of enjoy what you do instead of just thinking about how am I going to get ahead. Right. Yeah.
1: Well. And, and, you know, the uh, – oh, I had I lost my train of thought. Oh, I had something <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. Going back to the scene you were uh, talking about with the the very end where she basically drives him to his house, and it's kind of their goodbye scene. Uh, that scene originally was meant for her to give him a kiss on the lips. <laughs> but <laughs> no. they, they rewrote it, but they didn't rewrite it for the reason you would think. They didn't rewrite oh. it because – he, she realizes he's a 13 year old kid they rewrote it because it was her saying goodbye and kissing him on the lips would be or kissing him on the forehead would be more of a goodbye than kissing him on the lips so it, that shows you the change of times it had nothing to do with the fact that he, in two three minutes he's going to be 13 years old again <laughs> it was just a matter of it's better writing for the story just to give the farewell to get the kiss on the forehead uh, and there could have been a second meaning behind that and of course i read that on the internet there's no telling if that's really true or not but right you know that's what i read so i'll go with
0: It sounds right, though. Um, And also, I think it's part of her character growth to not, uh, I guess, to connect with people in a way that's not romantic, like for Mm -hmm. her to say goodbye to him almost as a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe their relationship, especially after finding out who he is, it transitioned from like, being interested. It's like, maybe she wasn't even that interested or that in love. She just he was a really good friend and she's yeah. saying goodbye to somebody that she genuinely cared about in a different way. But yeah, when he turns around and he's like the little boy, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like as an adult woman, I'm like creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was kind of weird. Like if I, if I were her, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just going gonna drive to drive away slowly and pretend me. like this didn't happen. <laughs>
1: I'm not trying to go to jail right now. <laughs> yeah, It's like, <laughs> so.
0: that's disgusting. I'm driving away. <laughs> no. But yeah, that's funny. I, I like I like that fact it, it really does tell It it's like it's like a back to the future you know you always hear people talk about how like when they pitch that movie Disney was like so this is a movie about a boy in love with his mom we're gonna pass on that you know right <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's so many things about that and like Marty and Doc's relationship that wouldn't work anymore and yeah it was a different time guys it was a different yes. time yes time. that's all we can say
1: definitely have changed that is for <laughs> sure yes on just about every every you know aspect of it as far as yeah. how, you th- how you think how you act how you direct how you cast everything is different now not saying it's bad it's more aware yeah and that, that's what I would like to say it's more aware of other people's feelings
0: right and you definitely that's put it, you know it's good to talk about just because you know I always try to think about like for me this movie is like perfect, you know, because I grew up with it and I love it and I love Tom Hanks. But it's like I I always try to address some of those things just a little bit because I do I am sensitive to somebody never having seen it before and, you know, them being younger and and thinking like, these people like this movie and, you know, what about this, this, and this? And so I always touch on it just a little bit. But but the movie overall is just so fun and so it's got a good heart, you know, so I don't think I don't think it ages poorly at all.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I wrote this down in my notes. I think that they are missing a golden opportunity with this movie, now especially. Imagine making a movie now with Tom Hanks where he's in the exact same situation. And and you bring back, you bring back Rushton. What's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jared Rushton. Billy, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Billy's name in the movie. Bring back Jared Rushton. Have the same two actors in there. But now all of a sudden, he's a child again.
0: With, an, with
1: the adult friend, you have a prime opportunity to write that movie. <laughs>
0: I love that. You that know? would be think, so good.
1: I think it's a great idea with the same two actors, the same situation, but maybe maybe this time Billy is the one who who goes there and he gets to be a child again and he gets to live his childhood dreams and do whatever he wants to do with the knowledge of an adult. You know, like I think that'd be a really a great movie.
0: Yeah, I think I think in a modern lens there there wouldn't be any relationship <laughs> at all. But um, yeah, no, I think that's a good idea because. Yeah, I mean, plus, just again, kids still know who Tom Hanks is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, young people still know who he is. You could totally get away with that today.
1: For or here's sure. A, here's a crazy idea get his son. I don't get why his son is not in more stuff.
0: I know. I like Colin Hanks.
1: I do too. I don't get why he's not in more stuff. With how popular his father is, I right. just don't get it. Maybe he doesn't want to ride his coattails, though.
0: Maybe. It's, it's, it's a yeah. good
1: possibility, you know? So, but, but, <laughs> Could yeah, be. I, I, I'd like to see more things, but you could cast him in the next, call it little. You know, <laughs> yeah. Of big, call it little. <laughs> little. <laughs> of course, like I don't know that. who would wish they were little. Maybe call it young. Yeah, and, yeah. I yeah. guess
0: people wish they were young, not, mm. not little. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hmm. And I will say, I definitely felt with this character in this moment because growing up as a short, freckle-faced kid, <laughs> I, I, I felt him. Like I felt him in that moment where he couldn't get on the ride. I felt him in that moment where it seemed like where the other kid that came with that had a car was driving with uh, who was the girl he was after at the beginning, who by the way is a complete eighty stereotype. Like, hands down. Big hair, neon flashing colors, big earrings. I think her name was Cynthia, which... Oh,
0: yeah, she's so mean to him.
1: Yeah. You well, here
0: alone? That... Yeah. Isn't that your parents over there?
1: Well, she, I think she was actually kind of trying to be nice to him. It uh. just, but, but, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I misread that. Maybe that's why I wasn't good with women when I was younger, but... <laughs> um, it's funny because she's everything about the eighties you can or eighties or early nineties you can think of, all the way down to the name. Because you know, and Lisa. I hate to do this to you, but Lisa Ashley, uh, Courtney, yep. uh, Cynthia. <laughs> You're
0: not wrong.
1: Uh, yeah. If you have one of those names, there's a real good chance you were born in the eighties. Just, just Heck saying. Yeah. It's one of those names, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sarah. It's gonna be like
0: Mildred way. someday, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> you never see kids named Ruth or Gertrude anymore. Right. You know? Maybe in the future it'll be like that, but.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Man, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah, I, I was like, well, I'm still, I'm like five foot one. So I was a very small child and I always looked really young. I mean, even when I was a teenager, people would always go, you look like you're 12. <laughs> and when you're 18 or 19, you get pretty tired of hearing that. <laughs> and they always say, you'll you'll appreciate it someday. I, I do more now. But when I was a kid, it was it was a struggle, man. It was like, I always looked about five or six years younger than I actually was. So I see, feel that.
1: See, I was the reverse of that. Like I had a beard <laughs> and like eighth grade like i i, I was Whoa. the guy who looked like i was 20 years old you could like I was, buy I, beer yeah yeah <laughs> that's what i did that's what i would always do because especially because nice. i was born in 84 so you could scratch that little four off to make it look like a one so it Whoa. looked like i was 21 Give it all buy, a cigarette. yeah exactly well you can't do that now <laughs> now they changed yeah. the way the the, the cards are made it's totally like i feel bad for the kids now you can't fake that anymore <laughs> but yeah i always looked older so i was always the one who bought cigarettes and beer for everybody because i looked like i could do it you know like when i was <laughs> like if you look at my senior picture, i look like i'm Thirty years old, and now I look like I'm fifty. <laughs> and I'm thirty-five. So I mean, you know, it's just
0: no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. It's like um, some it, it, not this movie, but you watch older movies where well, the Billy in this movie is like, we should get some like, what, is he, what does what he do you say? He's like, he's like, uh, cigarettes, beer, porn. Like, let's do it. Yeah, like, you can't even like magazines. say that in a movie now, but it's so real, especially mm-hmm. when we were growing up. Like, what kids that age would be saying and doing. Um, kids that hilarious. age are still doing
1: it. We just don't yeah. talk about it now. Well, now <laughs> they just
0: have the internet, you know, so it's right. different.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think a dirty math. That's probably why playboy and all those magazines, for things going out of business. So they had to shift their game plan because nobody buys magazines anymore. Yeah. I work for the literally postal service. no nobody magazines. Nobody buys magazines.
0: Even so. if the person's nude. It's right. It's like too much money. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Not when I can get it free. Um, yeah.
0: Right. Um, but yeah. Oh man. See, see, that's what the movies like this do though, is they make you go down like memory lane. Mm hmm. More than just the film,
1: and, and it's it's funny because you, people who didn't live in that point in time can look at this and be like, okay, this was acceptable back then. So maybe that's why people <laughs> who grew up in this time have a little bit more difficult time accepting or understanding the way we think now. Which I get it; it's the way Definitely, things are yeah. now. But maybe that's why it came. And it's, you can look at our parents the same way. Their time, their mindset, and their time was way different than you know even ours in the '80s. So or '80s or '90s. So we had a difficult time understanding what they were thinking, and now. The next generation's the same kind of way. They're having a difficult time understanding the way we thought. And, of Definitely. course, everybody wants to change it. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. I think, um, you know, I've experienced that even with my peers because I really like classic film. And, you know, sometimes someone will bring to my attention, like, a certain film that I like, and they're like, how can you stand this or that about it? Um, there are some films that are truly don't age well and are difficult to watch now but a lot of times I'm like if you do a little research and you learn how people thought at the time you'll probably think about that movie differently and you might even think it's progressive for the time mm-hmm. like I would imagine you know we we talked a lot about Susan's character under a modern lens you're like oh this is not cool but I guarantee at the time you know it was forward thinking to mm-hmm. look at the journey that josh goes on with her character is actually progressive for the 80s so you know you kind of have to think of it that way too
1: yeah it
0: can be yeah so I, I think there's definitely a way to enjoy these films and not have to worry so much but you you bring up a good point it does help you see the mindset of the time and you know things do change
1: yeah yeah well i know that's like a, uh, you know Nathan everybody on the Super Civil Servants you've been on you know them all Nathan, yeah. Chris who's been on the show a bunch of times and everybody they all keep telling me I need to watch Princess Bride never watched Princess Bride before I'll go ahead and tell you because oh. as a as, as a you know ten year old boy I did not think Princess Bride was a movie that I was wanting to watch and back then guess what <laughs> I didn't have a phone where I could get up and look up the trailer to figure out if it was something I wanted to watch so Princess Bride was not something I thought that I wanted to see so I never watched it so but it's the same kind of way. They keep telling me they're like, you need to watch that with your daughter. And the first thing in my mind when they say that is, how different are the times then as they are now? Like, is she gonna understand the references? Is she gonna get the way they act as far as females and males? That because things were different back then. Is she gonna understand that? You know, like I don't, yeah, I don't know how the, point. I don't know how it's gonna resonate with her. But I'm sure that it's she's probably still gonna like because we are I'm gonna watch it with her. But uh, it, it does make me wonder about that kind of stuff. You know.
0: I didn't see Princess Bride until I was an adult and I don't think it resonates as much with me because I didn't get to see it as a kid Um, and I have noticed that that's one of those movies that I do notice more guys like than girls and I don't know if there is something to what you're saying because of that Hmm. Um, we actually talked about it on my my show Um, one of our episodes was on that Um, but yeah it's like women around that era gravitate towards the labyrinth more I notice. Okay. Just in terms okay. of female fans, I guess because that movie, even though it's called Princess Bride, it's really about the main male character, and then Labyrinth is about a female character, so that that may be why. So she might yeah. gel more with Labyrinth. Okay. But yeah, we'll have very, to very possible. Introduce
1: her and let us know. Well, Labyrinth, I know I don't know a whole lot about that one, but that's kind of uh, Dark Crystal esque, right? Yes. Okay. Because yes. we yeah. did watch the Dark Crystal uh, together, the the new series, and I actually haven't watched the last two episodes with her, but we did watch most of that. And then she actually went back and watched the original movie. Uh, I didn't get to watch that with her, but I've seen the original movie, and she loved it. Yeah, like so. Yeah. We actually actually want to do a podcast with her uh, about it, but I but I just haven't watched the last two yet. So I'm I'm going to <laughs> summer. I promise we're going to do that podcast. So, <laughs> but um, that's great. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those movies that um, if you didn't watch like you said, if you didn't watch it as a kid, you probably wouldn't watch it as an adult. Talking about Princess Bride, it's like a yeah. never ending story. I don't oh, think yeah. I could sell Never Ending Story to any kid this day, but I guarantee you all my friends I could go back and be like, hey, you remember Never Ending Story? They'd be like, oh, yeah. I remember I was obsessed
0: that with that movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: You covered that one yet?
0: No, we should talk about
1: mm-hmm. it. It's like my next I idea. watched that
0: countless times. I loved that film so much.
1: We can't watch the second one, though, because the second one was garbage.
0: Oh, yeah. Just pretend that one didn't exist. Right. <laughs> the right. bird thing. Ugh. Mm-hmm. It's like it Turtles me... 3.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, but... um. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I have? I think I covered almost all of my notes on here. So where's Caviar. I tried to take as many notes as I could on this. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say, I had such a hard time finding how to watch this movie because I don't own this movie. Uh, I, I went on, I I went don't either. on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, how'd you have to watch it?
0: I I rented it on iTunes.
1: Okay. I, I I was just about to resort to that. I went on Netflix, it wasn't there. I went on Prime, it wasn't. Well, I could have rented it on Prime. I even went on my Fire Stick, which is jailbroken, uh, but you know, so I can look up different movies. And uh, I only had one stream on, and I couldn't get to work. And I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "I'm not. I'm gonna have to read the cliff notes and act like I watched this movie." I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then I actually I haven't cut my cable yet. I was planning on cutting it last week, but I just have delayed it and still haven't done it yet. And I was like, "You know what? I'm still paying for cable. Let me check on demand." And sure enough, Spectrum on demand, it was on there.
0: Oh, Crazy I miss enough. Cable.
1: Yeah, uh, I I don't think I'm going to. That 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 right there is probably the only reason I've used cable in the last three months. So I'm ready. You're,
0: to I, you're probably right. I mean, I haven't had it in years, and yeah. I've survived. But yeah, I build that into my budget. So like part of like the Patreon money goes towards that. Okay. It's actually very helpful because to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, I never turned anyone's movie choice down. So if I had to rent it, I always did. I never said like, oh, I have to rent that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I have to buy that. Like I did an episode with Scott where we did My Fair Lady. That's not even on Blu-ray. So I had to like Amazon buy a physical copy of it. It's not streaming anywhere. It's not on Blu-ray. So I had to buy a used copy. Oh, wow. that's crazy. Just to watch it. Yeah, which is a huge film. It's insane that it's not on any service, but yeah, so that's, uh, part of that money always goes towards that, because before I had the Patreon, sometimes I'd look at my bill, and I'm like, I rented, like, four movies for, like, four or five dollars <laughs> each this month, you know, I gotta figure out a way to build that into my budget, so,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, well, that's crazy you say that, because now I, I think about, I keep thinking about, I want to come talk on this movie with Lisa, I want to talk about this movie with Lisa, I got one that we should check out, it's Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, seriously um, old movie, you ever seen it?
0: I haven't seen it, but I've seen the title, like, I've seen posters of it seriously
1: i'm gonna have to send you a vhs copy in the mail for you to be (laughs) able to watch that because it's so old
0: my dad does have a vhs uh player still a vcr
1: you can get them at pawn shops for like a dollar now so i mean (laughs) they're they're giving those things away but no it's funny because that's actually a good movie for us to watch guilty pleasure i like musicals don't don't care what i think about it i enjoy watching musicals i have a fun time with it I think it would be cool in real life if everybody just all of a sudden broke out into a song and they were choreographed and knew the words and the dance moves. It's never going to happen, but it would be really cool if that did, you know? And, yeah. And this, this movie is very, it's very behind the times, very misogynistic. I mean, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is the title. It's about seven brothers that's, that kidnap seven sisters and force <laughs> them to marry them. <laughs> oh and this is a movie my mom used to make me watch because she loved it. But it's an old musical, and times were different then. So... uh we might have to check that one out one day. Okay. Right.
0: Well, let me bring this to my last couple of questions that I ask on the podcast. Um, okay. So number one, why? if you could summarize, why do you like this movie so much? Why do you think you've seen it so many times?
1: Uh, okay. Once again, I hadn't seen it in about 25 years, but I know I watched, oh, yeah. when I, was, when I watched it when I was a kid. I mean, I did watch it quite a bit when I was a kid. I've seen it probably seen it 20 times in my lifetime, so I've seen it quite a bit. Uh, I loved it because I can relate to it because uh, I, I see the things it, it was my time growing up when I see when I was younger and I watched this that was what I wanted to do when I saw his apartment as an adult child I was like that's exactly what I would do I can relate to it and then going back to it as an adult I'm like man I wish I could do that now like if you look at my office my office is as kid as I can make possibly make it you know and that's my little space so I I, I relate to it that's why I think that uh, I love this movie so much and I probably will always watch it Um if it comes on. It's it's one of those movies that I just can't turn off if it's on. It's like Forrest Gump. If it's yeah. on, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to watch it till it finishes. Just can't stop it. So,
0: I love that. Yeah, for me, you know, as uh, much like you as a kid, I, I just really related to this idea of like wanting to be an adult, wanting to get there so bad and all the fun stuff I do. Um, as an adult, I really connect more with the I mean, I feel the nostalgia of how I felt as a kid, but also I think that kind of through line in the movie of him being like so authentic and genuine and kind, um, that kind of resonates with me now and and I think makes the movie very endearing. Um, My second question for you is, what is your elevator pitch for this movie? Like, How would you describe this to someone that's never seen it before?
1: for that it would de- I w- it would be different for what person i was describing to if it was a person that True. was my age i would like i said earlier i'd just say nostalgia sandwich go check it out if it was a person that's uh is maybe a little younger maybe in their early 20s uh you know like 1920 like that you know good 15 10 years younger me that are kind of in that different generation mindset uh i would kind of explain it as a uh, a film about the way things used to, what used to be a standard for the way things used to be uh to show the progression of where things have gone now and a good time yeah you know, if, if you if you can get past the fact that maybe some of the things they did in this movie aren't really accepted now but kind of get past that you could really enjoy this film and, and 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 it wasn't like it's not like a spur or a thorn sticking out the things that are like there's no, nothing egregious I, I, I that makes so. you like really yeah. offended But for some people, they may look at it and be like, "Uh, I didn't like that. And and I get that. I respect that. But I think that you could look at it and see, okay, this is what this guy grew up with. This is what the last generation grew up with. This is what their mindset. This is what they enjoyed. You know, this is like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Hook, stuff like that. Like, it's movies that you wouldn't (laughs) see these days. Which, by the way, I got to talk to you about Hook later. So, okay. Okay.
0: Well, um, yeah. I think for me, I would say, you know, if you're younger than me, like, your movie like this was probably Elf. Like, this is like... Kind of good, like the movie good Elf point. Very good. Um, yeah. or Shazam. Um, again, I okay. think it's super similar to that. Not just aesthetically, but there's certain beats in the film that are almost beat for beat what happens in Shazam um, intentionally. Um, and yeah, I think if you're like a fan of the '80s, this is about as '80s as it gets. I mean, this is like Ghostbusters level. It's Back to the Future. It's you know the Goonies. Like it, this is just one of those movies you have to you have to see. Like it's part of that upper echelon of great 80s films so um i think that alone will help them you know deal with the fact that it's a little different from today (laughs) um but but knowing that it's part of that like core group i think i think they could enjoy it
1: yeah i think that if you make if you go through a decade by decade and you make a list of movies of every decade that like somebody who hasn't lived through those you like definitely needs to watch i think this should be on that list Agreed. You know, 100%. I think the, of, of the 80s, this and like Ghostbusters and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that, like they're Goonies, there are certain movies that should be on that list. If you want to understand the 80s, go watch this movie and you'll understand the yeah. 80s a little bit better, you know? Amen. So.
0: Well, Greg, this was super fun. I'm so glad you picked this movie. It's like one of those things. It's like I loved this movie so much growing up and I would have probably never thought to pick it. So I'm so glad you chose it, and you definitely have to think about what you're going to talk about when you come back, but uh, one more time, uh, where can people find you?
1: Oh man, you can find me personally at the BatDaddy52 on Twitter, and then if you want to talk to me about any of my other shows, I am on the uh dc alliance podcast which drops every tuesday morning and then i'm on superhero discussions which drops every friday morning and those are both part of the geek ultimate alliance network and then if you want to hear me talk about something other than comics and nerd stuff uh, i do a live show on tuesdays at 9 p.m eastern standard time on youtube where i talk with me and my friends about carolina panthers football and it's really fun time so that's about it for me you can find me all those places
0: great I think I forgot to mention at the top of my podcast, I'll say it right here. Number one, if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and write the show. It does help new listeners find us. And we also, in addition to some of the stuff I plugged at the beginning, we have a Facebook group and we also have a Discord group and we have a website. We do have a website for anybody out there that you want to introduce this show to that's like, I don't understand podcasts. What do I do? Send them to my website. I love that movie dot com. So that's about it. Thank you again, Greg, for coming on and uh, talk to all of you very soon.
1: Well, real quick before you leave, I just want to put one more note out there. Lisa, thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited for talking with you. You were one of the podcasts that I listened to before I started podcasting that oh. made me want to do it. And I'm so oh. glad that I get the podcast with you now. And you're Yay. going to be on my show tomorrow for, I think, the fourth, third or fourth time. Your show and, is great. And many you more are to come. so good.
0: So, thank like, you. Thank you you're such a natural and you're so good at juggling multiple people like that stresses me out so bad like even when like two people say they want to come on i'm like but what am i gonna do like so you do such a good job of moderating everybody so thank you. anyway well, yeah be thank prepared you. we
1: have eight on tomorrow night so oh
0: my gosh looking <laughs> forward to it <laughs> looking forward to it <laughs> i'll
1: let you get out of here now thank y'all very much right. thank you very much fans thank you very much check her out great show